Hello, and welcome to Dinner at Yiffany's with your host, Takeem Ironhoof. Before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that we have our own Patreon. With tiers starting as low as $1 per month, you can show even more appreciation. Every member, no matter which tier you choose, will receive their own badge on the Dinner at Yiffany's website and a personal call-out at the end of each episode. Starting at the $5 tier, you will receive an exclusive Dinner at Yiffany sticker. And at our top tier, you will receive an even more exclusive t-shirt. All proceeds will be going toward paying for the podcast expenses, including paying voice actors and authors for their contributions. And if we have anything left over at the end of the year, Patreon members will get to decide which charity the remaining funds go to. I also want to give a shout out to The Voice of Dog, whose Pride Month event has started. They're releasing a new episode each weekday of June with a different tale celebrating our diversity. Join them and us as we make this Join them and us as we make this the best Pride Month that we can. On tonight's episode, we follow a wolf detective named Carmine through a gritty urban metropolis and the first chapter of an ongoing series with plenty of action to keep you glued to your seat. Carmine by Cal Reborn Blistering pain lanced through the wolf's head as his eyes cracked open to the rays of bastard sunlight worming through the rickety old metal blinds seeking to ruin his sleep. Ordinarily, That would be a job best left to the little plastic clock that sat on the bedside table. Currently missing from its much-vaunted resting place, the clock rested at the base of a brick wall on the other side of the one-floor apartment, its body having shattered into hundreds of pieces. The once-white plastic had yellowed from age long ago, and the alarm only managed a tinny, tinkling sound before it had been smashed against the uncaring wall. Fuck, he moaned mournfully at the loss of sleep, the scraggly beast forcing himself to sit up. His stomach churned uneasily as a reminder of the prior night of binging. The dull throbbing inside his skull periodically blotted out all sense of sight and sound, thoughtlessly discarding the sweat-stained sheet that he had somehow managed to drag over himself the night before. The wolf began picking through the bits of clothing that littered the floor until he finally found what he was looking for. A pair of loose-fitting black jeans, clean enough that they were wearable despite the holes in the knees. Slipping them on, he grabbed an equally ratty shirt off the floor and pulled it over his head with a growl. The wolf squinted blearily down at his bandaged left hand, remembering neither the cause of the wound nor how it was treated. Carmine snatched up his signature brown trench coat and matching fedora. He wouldn't go anywhere without them. They were practically part of his identity. A short time later, after making sure there wasn't anyone waiting outside the building to jump him, he ventured out into the street. The alleyways and narrow streets were crowded with people milling about like ants on a fresh carcass. He grimaced at the reek of rotting garbage filling the adjacent alleyway. It was just one more sad reminder of the sorry state of the city. Although Carmine knew he had never seen the day when the city was free of crime and corruption, 
the wolf was determined to do what he could to make things better, in his own way. Thursday, the best day of the week. Not because it was a day off. There was never really a day off. No, Thursday was when Carmine got to see Avery. Avery lived in the bad part of town. Saying there was a good part of town would be overly generous, but the neighborhood Avery lived in was rougher than a lot of the city. A small apartment building covered in generations of graffiti, the red bricks it was made from had long since failed to be recognized. The red bricks it was made from had long since failed to be recognizable. The building itself was three stories tall, the air conditioning had given up long ago, and the water was always cold. Carmine had seen worse. The wolf knocked lightly at the door. They had a standing weekly agreement, but Carmine didn't want to catch Avery with another client. The vulpine always made sure he had the hour before Carmine's arrival open so he could clean up, but he kept that to himself. The door creaked open, Avery peering out warily. His bright blue eyes glimmered like stars through the door crack, beckoning Carmine forward. A warm smile joined the shining eyes as Carmine crossed the threshold into the dingy apartment and awkwardly shouldered the door shut behind him. The wolf was too busy shrugging out of his coat to shut the door properly. I'm glad you're here. Avery started, but suddenly the wolf's mouth was upon his own, hungrily seeking entrance. Their tongues danced and intertwined in a battle of passion and desire. Limbs became tangled together as Carmine embraced his wonderful whore, and for a time, they both forgot the world outside the apartment. Thick, large paws, rough from hard work and harder living, roamed over the gray fox's silky fur where it emerged from his tank top. Avery tried to take good care of himself, and it was reflected in his appearance, appropriately enough for a prostitute. His gray fur was topped by black tips at his ears and tail, along with a mane of black fur that ran from the top of his head, down over his shoulders and the top of his chest. The soft fur always seemed to be in perfect condition, at least any time Carmine saw him, and he smelled of lavender and lilac. Those wanton, callous digits wandering across the vulpine's toned form carelessly rumpled the finely groomed fur. A great deal of effort was put into keeping that manicured form appealing, efforts which were constantly undermined by his clientele. Avery peeled off his tank top to reveal his sleek but muscular torso, while Carmine awkwardly fiddled with the button and zipper on his consort's tight, black jeans. The ravenous wolf would have yanked the damn things off were he not afraid of harming the smaller man. Small hands inevitably shooed the ineffectually groping fingers away so the offending jeans could actually be removed. The fox struggled to get the pants down his legs with his client sort of boyfriend refusing to yield even an inch of additional space, and Carmine took the opportunity to run his paw up Avery's thigh. The wolf slipped out of his own jeans, leaving them crumpled on the floor beside his discarded coat and hat. He didn't even bother with his own shirt. The juxtaposition between the two couldn't have been starker. The short, well-groomed, sweet-smelling vulpine whore 
held so close by the tall, rough, slovenly lupine detective. Carmine felt the swelling lump in his chest every time he was near Avery, yet he never dared admit his feelings lest they become reality. It was simpler and safer to pretend this was nothing more than a business transaction, even though his heart knew better. For his part, Avery only hid his own feelings so as not to further complicate things for this would-be boyfriend. With the pants gone, Carmine wrapped his arms around Avery's slim waist and the two pressed close together, lip to lip, chest to chest, sheath to sheath. It mattered not where their bodies touched. The sensation of being together was a delight. The wolf's ample length sprung free and splattered his lover's groin and lower belly with his juices. It throbbed, dark red and angry, matching its owner's generally shabby but dangerous appearance. Moments later, the sultry vulpine's legs were bent back, ankles pinned down next to his head. It certainly paid to be flexible if one chose to trade in carnal delights. And Carmine's body was pistoning like a machine. Avery was flat on his back, not an uncommon position, on the oversized coat at the far end of the room. Unsurprisingly, all the sex worker's furniture was designed to accommodate larger beasts, generally at least a couple of them. Carmine's eyes, were Carmine's eyes were usually stern, but kind, like the gaze of an overprotective father weathered by years of worry. But when it came to sex, as Avery well knew, it was like the wolf transformed into a completely different person. Those eyes were harsh and wild like a feral beast. Saliva dripped from the predator's maw, drooling all over his smaller prey and the plush bed beneath. In those moments, there was no recognition in the snarling, thrusting Lupin's face. He stared with a visceral and terrifying hunger of boundless depth and uncontrollable need. He was a wolf-possessed, an avatar of lust. The whore's poor hole was stretched wide beneath the mechanical assault of his sort of almost boyfriend's powerful thighs. Muscles tensed and flexed as they worked to ruin the fox's passage, and it was to Avery's credit that he was able to handle his lover's non-stop staccato rhythm at all. Carmine made a terrible sound as his wildly swaying nutsack drew up in tight and volleys of thick, Cockslop erupted into the bitch beneath him. Even so, his machine-like thrusting didn't even slow for a beat. A huge, fist-sized knot inflated at the base of the plump length, not even bothering to swell until the wolf came once, and it punched up against the smaller fox's pucker threateningly. Thick runnels of cum streaked across and streamed out around the pounding member, mashed against the ample knot and splattered against the fur and furniture in equal measure. The first orgasm only seemed to drive Carmine, or the beast he had become at least, on further. Growls and snarls accompanied an increase in the already punishing pace. Avery was helpless beneath this dramatic anal assault, 
his head framed by his own ankles and the wolf's thick paws. Said paws were the only thing keeping the fox in place for that matter, as the pummeling he received was lifting his ass into the air and trying to shove him right across the bed. A sleek, bright red fox hood flailed around against Avery's belly, clear fluid pouring out of the tip like a sieve. Pre covered his belly and then poured down the sides to mar the sheets beneath him. This furious mating ritual was the norm for the pair. If anything, Carmine was a bit more restrained than usual. He wasn't even forcing the knot in yet, as his seemingly bottomless testicles quickly ejected their second load. Although the gruff lupine had a hair trigger, it seemed like he could go forever if he wanted to. More and more ejaculate was pouring out of the pinned prostitute, smearing everywhere, soaking into fur and linens carelessly. He couldn't hold back anymore. Avery whimpered, and then whined, and then yelped as a long, continuous burst of semen shot out of his fuckstick. It didn't just spray him in the snout and chest, but everywhere. Those rampaging thrusts were rocking his body around wildly, and his cum shot everywhere right along with it. Fuck, that was going to be an awful mess to clean up later. That was apparently the cue Carmine was waiting for, the tight hole fluttering and clenching upon his wanton link to slam the whole thing home. Avery clenched his teeth and eyes shut as the entire knot punched right in all at once, and he could do naught but bear it. So much meat crammed into his little body, he could scarcely breathe. Lightheaded from being far too stretched out at once, suddenly huge arms were wrapping around the fox's body, clenching him tightly to the larger wolf like some sort of hood ornament, and his body went vertical as he was hefted right up off the bed. Next thing he knew, his back was flat against a harsh, brick wall and the fearsome lupine was going even harder. Carmine mumbled out an apology while grabbing a towel and mopping himself down. Didn't hurt you, did I? He asked gruffly, although there was genuine concern in his voice. Those eyes were back to normal. Despite being absolutely plastered in semen, Avery somehow managed to flesh the wolf an absolutely charming grin and Carmine felt his heart melt all over again. Don't be silly. You couldn't hurt me if you tried, the fox replied while giving his companion a wink. A pregnant silence filled the space between the two while the big wolf went about slowly dressing once more. You're hurt again, Avery's silken voice cut through the quiet. Carmine merely grunted in response. A good couple hours had gone by in the blink of an eye. Not wanting to belabor the point, the detective grabbed a wad of cash and dropped 40 bucks on the table next to the apartment door. Avery hadn't mentioned that his prices had increased over time, multiple times. He didn't want to put any strain on his lover, nor give him an excuse to visit less. Carmine paused in the doorway, half in and half out of the apartment, staring at the door with one paw on the door handle. A flood of emotion warred within him, threatening to spill out of his head and become real. 
The wolf's mouth briefly hung open like a guppy, paralyzed in place. Finally, he glanced back at Avery for the briefest of moments. The fox still lay upon his side, and even plastered in semen, every strand of his silvery gray fur seemed to shine with an otherworldly glow. Carmine tore his eyes away and propelled himself out the door with a lame wave of his hand to the vulpine, carefully closing the door behind him. He would purge the sickness and rot from the very heart of the city to protect the fox in that dingy old apartment. That fox which was the only good thing in the whole corrupt world. Nothing less than the embodiment of kindness and beauty made manifest. Sex purged from his mind at least for now. And his purpose clear, Carmine drew his trench coat in tight around himself like a cloak of armor. Back in the room, Avery was looking at the dismal state of his ruined apartment, and he considered taking the rest of the day off. Looking down at his phone, the fox bit his lip in consideration before scrolling down to the last person on his contact list. His free paw was feeling over his ridiculously gaped-out passage, semen running down his legs. He only had one customer that liked seriously used goods. The fox didn't like him much, but he paid very well. Avery would even be able to take a few days off afterwards, which he'd probably need. Chewing his lower lip briefly, the sodden prostitute rolled his eyes and hit the button on his phone, and then waited a moment. Hey, it's me. And with that, we come to the end of Carmine by Kel Reborn. Continue to listen here, as well as over on The Voice of Dog, for more wonderful Pride Month tales. I'd also like to give a huge shout out to our Patreon members as well. In the top tier, we have Chestnut Luna, Dimbles, Fowler and Wolflord. Being in the top tier, you have no idea how big that is for me and the podcast. It's truly humbling to have the support of amazing folks such as yourselves. The support you have all given is beyond what I'd ever imagined. From the bottom of my heart, I thank each and every one of you. For our other patrons, Agador, Dream Merchant, Glared, Wasson, and Wolfie Wetfur, You guys are amazing as well. Each of you have been and continue to be instrumental to our success, and I'm proud to say that I know each of you. And finally, everyone who has listened to any of our episodes, thank you. Each and every time someone listens to our work, it really does mean the most to myself, the authors of these stories, and the voice actors that bring the characters to life. We hope to do this for a long time and continue bringing you furry erotica from all over the furry fandom. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed tonight's tale. Good night, and come again.